This is Unfiltered, episode 172 for January 13th. 2016. Breaking news first on CNN and a very unusual move. The U.S. targeting the cash of ISIS terrorists bombing millions of dollars. Let's bring in Barbara Sarr live at the Pentagon who is breaking this news for us. Barbara, what can you tell us? Good afternoon, Pamela. This happened in Mosul, Iraq's second largest city controlled by ISIS for months now. What is so unusual here, this building containing perhaps millions in ISIS cash was in the middle of the city in a civilian area and the U.S. still bombed it. off Obama's last State of the Union. Welcome to Unfiltered Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly show about the news that you shouldn't be watching. My name is Chase. Over there is Mr. Chris. Hey, Chris. Hello there, Mr. Chase News. It's good to be with you, sir. Nice yeah, to man. have you back in the seat. Thank you. You know, it, it's uh, been still warm from last week. Thank you. When I, <laughs> I think is that wait is that I think that's because somebody had gas. Uh, fair yeah, enough. I think fair that enough. was good. Somebody had gas. So did you watch uh, or oh, listen to the? Oh yeah. Oh of course. Well of course we had some special for watched the for the, live, uh, for the patrons. Watched it live. Then yep. Then I put out a special for the patrons with you know the yeah. commentary. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I watched the whole thing. I watched it from a couple of different feeds. I got the ABC feed. I had the CNN feed, and I had the uh, White House feed. So you were doing the. Uh, Basically, the Shep news deck kind of a thing. Yeah, I had a full news deck going on here. It was pretty cool. I mean, yeah. I, had, I had each each one of these big screens. Had There's a one thing you didn't do, though. I listened to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I was listening to CBS's radio coverage of the event. And it was very interesting because, you know, the announcers, you know, they obviously it's radio. So you have to describe what's happening. So when they introduce the president, you know, the sergeant of arms says, you know, ladies and States. Yeah, that's you know, really weird that they do that still, I think. But I, you know what? It's semi traditional, whatever. Cool. Oh, yeah. But, you know, he comes down the aisle and they, and they talked about how the uh, different uh, parties and caucuses would leave their clothes on the chairs so they would save their seats next to the aisle. So when the president would come huh, down, they would okay. be. So you're getting theater of the mind going right. on. Right. And huh? then they, he was also talking about, you know, the president is uh, giving the, all the women a, a kiss on the cheek <laughs> yeah. and uh, the men a nice handshake, maybe a little pat on the back there and now the president shaking hands with all the members of the judges of the supreme court yeah. uh, there are six here today uh, i mean it was like it was like great theater of the mind and then obviously you know paul ryan you know props to him his first you know sitting in as you know speaker of the house and he was able to you know talk to well, hold on are you yeah. gonna go you're gonna give your whole state of the union thing for no got, i think it was just great and i know we got well, clips i'm just saying i'm just like you know yeah, i know i'm just you're excited i'm listen, excited I, gotta, I, gotta, I love the state of the union i want you to bring up the paul ryan thing again because i got oh. specific thoughts by the way you saw my gif about paul ryan right that was good did you see the bernie sanders eating a eating a burrito gif <laughs> no good one. no oh if anybody could in the chat room could bust that out real quick uh yeah there's a bernie sanders Bernie Sanders, it's time for it's time for a a, a, a burrito gift. That yeah. was really, my favorite. I think I accidentally retweeted it as on at, Jupiter's signal. Yeah, so I'll go check that Jupiter right now. Uh, That's let's awesome. see. Let's see. Looking through. Yeah, here it is. Yeah, I did. I totally accidentally. So <laughs> look at this. Uh, got a burrito. Yeah. So at got at, my burrito at the nine thirty five mark. Uh, Bernie Sanders pulls out some notes, and uh, Darth on uh, Twitter uh, shopped it to be uh, a burrito. Okay, <laughs> it's burrito time. 
<laughs> okay, spring of time. That was pretty great. So anyway, by, by the way, I, and I know maybe we'll talk about this later. Maybe we won't. But the whole Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Clinton, and then the uh, Bernie yes. Sanders camp pushing out that picture today. Oh, we're gonna. Oh, okay. We will talk yeah, about that. Good, good. So we're gonna. We we have actually a lot to cover. Good stuff. Uh, also, I want to do a follow up on the uh, Oregon uh, uh, armed uh, group. We're gonna call them standoff. Oh, uh, I don't even want to call them a are militia. They, are they just babysitting a park now? They're just hanging out. Uh, you wouldn't believe what the rent is for that place. I'm, I'll tell you about that. Remind me to tell you about that when we get to that part of the show. Fair enough. We're, so we're gonna look at uh, some of the developments with Russia and Syria, and specifically, uh, the U.S. State Department has been making some major publicity blunders this week. We're gonna play those for you on the show. Long format stuff you're not going to hear anywhere else. We'll do some best of State of the Union, just a couple of minutes on that. We're not going to spend a, like you know hours going through clips. And then, uh, I don't know if you know, mm. but oil is... It, it's ridiculous. It, it is it, it is ridiculous. You know, ridiculous. So it's so ridiculous. It's the most ridiculous I've been in our lifetime. So, as you know, I drive a diesel gate car. And so I use diesel. Mm-hmm. Which is a great price right now. Well, it's it's weird because this is like maybe the second time in the last 15 years that diesel has been cheaper than unleaded. And I filled up at Costco today for a buck ninety nine. I just I, – mine equals blown. Yeah, it is. We're going to talk about the price of oil, how it is how it is plummeting. And some people are forecasting – you wouldn't believe what they're forecasting a barrel. So, so that means um, my airplane tickets are going to go down, right? We'll see. We'll see about that. Uh, and we're even going to end it all on a high note. So we have a lot to yeah. begin with. Speaking of highs, let's talk about sugar highs, something that we've actually talked about a lot on the Unfiltered show. Well, now there's new data out that suggests that mm, sugar might be uh, kind of a problem. Tonight, as families across the country sit down to dinner, there's new controversy over the American diet. The government is out with new guidelines, the first update in five years over what we should eat and what we should avoid. This year, there's a big push for all of us to cut back on America's sugar addiction. And as NBC's Tom Costello reports, not everyone's happy about some surprises left off the warning list. Here's your milk. With a registered dietitian in the home, the Scritchfields are already focused on eating the right foods. We'll just do a little bit of beans. Today, the government's top health experts said most Americans can do better. Among the dietary recommendations cut way back on sugar, hidden in everything from prepackaged soups to salad dressing to pasta sauce. You know, this is this is such a thing. Uh, I haven't had a soda in two weeks. Wow, good for you, man. Yeah. Uh, the the, uh, the sugar in stuff is really insane. So uh, my lady Hadia is a diabetic, like oh. her whole life, and so you know we have to really monitor what she takes in, and sure. you become very aware of how everything has sugar in it. One jar of pasta sauce can contain the equivalent of a candy bar in sugar. So when you're cooking at home, you can control ingredients like sodium and sugar, and it is important to help to reduce sugar intake as much as possible. The new dietary guidelines out today call for sugar to make up no more than 10% of our daily calories. So all of us have to pay attention to labels. The government's MyPlate Nutrition Guide sounds familiar. More fruits and veggies, lean protein, whole grains, and low-fat dairy, and a lot less salt. You should think about what you should do to eat and prevent diseases and also to save health care costs. But critics say the guidelines don't go far enough. Based on new science, the government is dropping this recommendation to limit egg consumption on foods high in cholesterol. Hmm. And it's declined to steer people away from red meat. The American Institute for Cancer... Which I think is actually... I think it's... I, I don't... 
Uh, well, I'll play this part. Research right. saying it was dismayed that lobbying efforts superseded scientific evidence. Has the food lobby had an oversized role in setting these guidelines? I think we have a strong set of recommendations that are not impacted in any undue way, but have listened to all the voices. Uh, Indeed, the sugar industry code. criticized the recommendations to cut sugar consumption. What's your favorite vegetable, Audrey? Uh, rice. A healthier diet, one plate at a time. Tom Costello, NBC News, Washington. Yeah, you know what rice has in it? <laughs> Sugar. <laughs> That's what it breaks down to. Yeah, starch. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not a big, I don't really buy into all the protein scare. I don't think you want to go overboard with it. Uh, but just like I don't think you want to go overboard with sugar, I think, you know, uh, I think a little red meat's not going to kill you. Yeah. No, I, I like steak, and we will always eat steak. Yeah. And I mean, you got to have a percentage of it. Oh, yeah. But I mean, it's not like I have a steak every night. But did you pick up on the code that, you know, we, we listen, listen to, to all, all the voices? voices. Yeah. yeah. Which means we, you know, we, we listen yeah. to all the money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. It means, it means if you want to be one of the voices, all you got to do is. Oh, me the money. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, lobbies. Hey, uh, Chase. Hey, uh, could you just uh, double check, like maybe check in your Evernote or uh, on one of your security cams? You yeah. might be you might be missing a Hellfire missile. What? What? New details this morning on a dangerous loss for the United States. Wall Street Journal is reporting that an inactive Hellfire missile was sent to Europe for training purposes, seemed to disappear, and then show up in Cuba. So a missile goes to Europe. Remember, remember how like they had like uh, they had like biological weapons that were just accidentally getting all. They just they just sending stuff all over the place, and then whoops a daisy, this thing ends up in Cuba. That's right, a Hellfire missile disappeared and ended up in Cuba. Now U.S. authorities are working to get this missing missile back, and they're trying to figure out most importantly how it ended up in Cuba in the first place. That's a great question. That's a great question. Isn't that a great question there, Chase? Whoops. I just, that caught our attention this week, and I thought that was... Isn't a, maybe in a, you know, just let's talk, minor accident. Let's talk about, let's call it the Oregon standoff. You're, okay, you're, fair you're, enough. You good with that? Okay, let's talk about the Oregon standoff. Well, we're in the sixth day of the occupation of the wildlife uh, reserve. Still no signs, uh, neither of the police nor of the FBI here. Behind him is what I believe to be the only barricade into this place that they have set up is this uh, truck parked sideways. That's the only barricade preventing anybody from entering. Uh, what the, about the the caterpillar there? The the occupied the tra- land. The, the tractor. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, like that's. I mean, like this. Like they don't have anybody. I, what I mean is, like, there's nobody armed. Like, there's not like. Right. There's not like guards, like with sniper rifles or or automatic weapons, like yeah. you might hear. I mean, someone could just drive in there, and what are they going to do? It seems like it. Yeah, I think there's that caterpillar parked there, so like you couldn't get a vehicle, and then there's a truck parked there. But that's kind of like. But it. those are like, just bushes. I mean, you just need a high truck, and you can just drive around. <laughs> at the, uh, the, I mean, the wildlife refuge. I'm sorry, the refuge's headquarters or the entrance to it, where we are now. Uh, the militia's trucks are still there. The tractor is still there. The militia is still there. But like I said, still no signs of, of the authorities. However, uh, the sheriff did hold a meeting with the, the local residents at a nearby town. Uh, last night. Uh, That was quite interesting, just so that you would understand the type of community um, there is there. Those people started the meeting with a prayer. Uh, Opinions were different. Some did voice their support of the militia. Uh, Most, I think it's fair to say, were cautious about their what their approach to to how to deal with the situation. Some did say that they understood the causes. They didn't agree with the, the methods. 
The general message was definitely that uh, most of the locals want to see the situation resolved peacefully. The sheriff did once again ask the militia to leave uh, the refuge and to let this community um, continue with their normal lives because once again the schools are still closed, the local courthouse is still closed, but it's also fair to say that the discussion there was quite heated. Uh, just have a listen to what was said there. These are pillars in this community. These are big outfits. They're scared of the BLM. We're scared of our government. When did that happen? So I'm, I'm having – what I'm having a hard time with this whole – I'm having a hard time with two things. I'm having a hard time that the Bundys came up and now they're like – they seem to be like coming out from out of town. Right. And they're sort of like and and doing, organizing. And facilitating. Yeah. yeah. That's a little weird to me. And the other thing that I'm having a really hard time with is it, it really came out right as Obama was taking executive action – on guns, and it sort of overshadowed the executive action on gun story. The Oregon standoff again raises questions about Americans' access to guns. Igor Piskunov's been gauging opinion in the state. Guns in America, how accessible should they be? The issue is raised more and more often be due to street or school shootings or the latest armed occupation of federal property by militia. Impossible without weapons. But if their philosophy is clear, what about the wider population's stance? He was saying like there should be more background checks and stuff. How would you feel? If I disagree. I what? disagree. Because uh, that's an infringement upon the Second Amendment. Uh, the people have the right to keep and bear arms. If they have the right, they shouldn't be infringed upon. In his address, President Obama was very clear on wanting to act on tougher gun control policies. He was also quite emotional. The question is, in the nation where statistically there's 112 weapons for every 100 citizens, do ordinary Americans share his thoughts, especially here in the rural West? Well, I think we should have gun control. I don't need an automatic weapon. I just need a pistol and a rifle to go hunting. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. The people are frustrated. They have everybody in this room is frustrated. What they need is some mental institutions for these people that need, you know, they don't have those anymore. They took them out quite a few years ago, and so the guys are on the streets. Opinions may differ, but the general message is the same. The Second Amendment is at the core of this nation. So, uh, you know the number, by the way, Chris, sorry. Is, well, I just thought it was weird. I just thought it was interesting that it landed right as yeah. the executive uh, exactions being taken on gun control. It's just that the timing with the Bundys and that, it, it just leaves it really super suspicious for me. The number one leading cause, you know, well, not cause, but number one leading statistic in gun violence is suicide. Mm. You know that? And... You know, the lady, she says, you know, mental institutions, maybe not mental institutions, but, you know, assistance and, you know, get rid of this premise that, you know, talking about your issues and problems is a bad thing and a bad stigma. Uh, you know, it's mm -hmm. gotten very stereotypical. You know, you, you see it on sitcoms, you see it in movies. Oh, oh, you're seeing a you're seeing a therapist. You know, it's 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 those weird things think, that too, it's, I think cause it, issue. It, it's like it feels like it's it feels like it's such a huge issue, though, because so a there's the cultural problem that yeah. you're talking about there. Yeah. And then B, uh, you know, like when I was going through the divorce, the, uh, people are like, you should get a counselor. You should get a counselor. You should definitely get a counselor. Uh, you should definitely just make sure that you're and I'm like, OK, I will. 
And then I decided to go through the process of selecting a counselor, and the insurance company only wanted me to choose counselors that I didn't want to see. Right, within their network. Yeah, and, and where I go right. to their, sti- yeah. their stiff office and their clinic. Yeah. And yeah. I, it was so that was, you know, I was like, so I can't, I don't even, I didn't even feel like I had a full um, executive action over yeah. my own care. But it's not even mental health. It's like that even just overall. I mean, you, you may find a doctor that you that you like and then all of a sudden they switch networks or whatever and then you can't see them yeah, anymore yeah. unless you want to pay more out or, of pocket or you know it came time to renewal and you had to change and now right. they're not yeah that yeah. so i i find the whole thing to be uh very odd uh yeah. so the cost per day they're going to get fined the judge said they're going to get fined seventy thousand dollars per day for occupying that land wow at the end of this thing so they're just planning to send them a bill and you know they're keeping the schools closed down there in the meantime did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah, and the court. They're keeping the schools and the court closed. Uh, and so they put out a list asking for people, if you want to be patriots and help them, send them supplies. They needed food. They wanted eggs. <laughs> uh, they, got, they, got, they got food. They got eggs. They also got, uh, well, Chase, they, they got other things. They the got- militia group that occupies Mathara Wildlife Refuge in Burns, Oregon, is tired of receiving... D- oh, oh, what was he going to say, Chase? Whoa, whoa, what was whoa, he going to say? Play that again. Whoa. <laughs> What was he gonna say, Chase? What do you think he was gonna say? Just play it again. Play it again. Okay. Burns, Oregon is tired of receiving dildos in the mail. <laughs> I'm sorry. What, what was that? What was that? Dildos in the mail. Oh, okay. It's, it's really ridiculous. Even uh, this one was really funny. A bag of dicks. Um, so. John Ritzheimer, one of the militants, blasted the haters in an online Facebook video. The group of roughly 20 armed militia led by. Ammon Bundy have been occupying the federal building since January 2nd in protest of the federal government's land use policies and have been running short on supplies. The federal government is not allowed to own this land. The group posted a wish list online asking supporters from around the country to send them essentials like razors, warm blankets, and cigarettes. They got sex toys instead. All right, they didn't get just sex Cigarettes toys. are essentials, huh? So uh, I found the actual video that they themselves posted on YouTube. I thought we'd watch it. It's just about two minutes long. Okay. Right. And uh, it's kind of interesting. All right. What's going on, everybody? Uh, so we went and picked up some mail. That- you know, Chase, when you, when, you, when you put something out on the internet and you ask yeah. for feedback and then you get a bunch of trolls, you get a little burned. You get a little upset. You're like, man, that's not what I wanted. Yeah. He, he seems like he just got trolled a little bit and he seems a little scorned by yeah, it. Yeah. And what's the one thing, uh, and you've been doing this for many years, so has I, is what do you not, what are you not supposed to do? Well, you're supposed to try to resist the temptation to feed the trolls. Do not feed the trolls. Came in from, you know, a lot of the uh, supporters, but along with that mail, we got a, a, an abundance of the hate mail. And it just, it, it was really mind blowing to me that people would actually spend their money. You know, this box right here, $17.90. They spend and waste their money on all this hateful stuff to send out here. Hateful. And, and buy this ridiculous. What? It's a giant, uh, that's a giant, um, uh, sexual device. Ridiculous stuff. I got. He's laughing. Wait, really he's ridiculous. so mad. He's laughing. Yeah, yeah. He's so angry. This one was really funny. A bag of dicks. Um, so rather than going out and doing good, you know, um, they just spend all their money on hate and hate and hate. That's hate, hate huh? He seems like he's maybe it's Wait, wait, him. Chris, you know, if, if I was a woman. And, you know, I, I wanted some release of my stress. That's true. That's not a hateful device. That's true. It is a very so, loving that is. and pleasurable it's, device. It's a self-loving device. Yes. Or, or a loving with a partner. Right. Or device. Maybe, maybe, you know, a few partners, depending how many ladies to guys there are there. Yeah, a bit better. Oh, feeding the trolls. Table and... He just cleared the whole table. Oh, yeah, but who's going to clean that up? 
He clears the whole Who's table. Who's going to clean it up? He's going to clear that whole table off because he's feeding the trolls. Wait, wait, wait. Can you back it up a little bit more to the beginning? Yeah, of what? Of him, of him clearing the yeah, table? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wonder if we could pan, if he pans down. It's like, obviously, this was set up. But, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm going to clear the you table. You want to see if he fit. pre-pans? Yeah. Or, uh, see, is he pre-panning, or does he just all of a sudden have a rage fit right no, here? No, I and, think, uh, I think this I, was set up. I'm not just having fun. I really do want to look yeah, into kind yeah, of the psychology yeah. of these guys a little bit. Hey, hey. So, we're going to... Yeah, it was set up. That was an empty box. It was set up. You're right. And it was a wide box that was set at the beginning, so that way he could sweep all of it with yep. that one wide box. Yeah. And the guy did pan as soon as he put his hands there. Good catch. Yep. That was pre-planned. Yep. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, we're going to create a table, and we're going to continue to do work and do good for our country. Uh, we're not going to be deterred. We're not going to let you, all your junk and hate mail sidetrack us, and we're going to continue to do what's right for our country. Seems like if you're going to go to the trouble of staging, sliding all this stuff off the table, you also would have figured out something really good to say after, because he just starts kind of rambling. For the rest of you patriots out there that are still twiddling your thumbs, debating whether or not you should come out, well, now's the time. If you want to be part of history in the making, you need to get out here and you need to show some support. I'm not talking about coming out here and being an outside perimeter. Come here and be a patriot. Come here and stand up for your country. Do what's right. Enough talk. Now it's time for action. I hope to see you. Funny they didn't put that part in the uh, report. Huh. Uh, yeah, so what do you think about that? Yeah. Well, he seems, you know, he comes across to me as having a yeah, bit of a temper. You know, uh, Colonel Panic in the chat room said, in this situation, feeding the trolls could be a troll in itself, which is interesting thought. Maybe a little reverse psychology going on there. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where... It's like all this hateful stuff and all these hateful letters. I doubt that they're all hateful. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, and you know, it's one of those things where I bet some of them are giving different points of view. And it's the same addict, uh, edict, excuse me, where if you don't agree with me, like if you have an opposing view, you're wrong. And it's it's a terribly bad mindset to have. I mean, it's talk. It's about being receptive to other people's views, and obviously, he's so close minded. Yeah. Yeah. That and I'm not saying what he's thinking is wrong either. I'm just saying and he's not even in the ballpark of considering anybody's opinion, and that's really isn't that really what American is being all about is being able to openly talk to each other. Freedom of speech. For, you you want to talk about the Second Amendment? Let's talk about the First Amendment, okay? And freedom of expression. Yeah, we, we, freedom what of it speech. is is we've gone from intellectuals having debates to people yelling talking points at each other where they're not even informed. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that. Chris. You're wrong, and I hate you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so speaking of uh, shouting talking points, uh, there was right before Obama's State of the Union, there was a situation that was super embarrassing for him. Uh, Iran ended up scooping up ten U.S. American sailors. Because they had some navigation issues, supposedly. Oh, that's right. I heard about this. Iran claims they're doing some inappropriate stuff. We have a clip. Chris Harmer, who's a retired naval commander. Whoa, 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 whoa. Put this this in here for you, buddy. Stop the show. Stop it. Stop it. Yeah. This is a Bry-Y alert. (laughs) This is a Bry-Y alert. (laughs) (laughs) No, here's the problem. This is just MSNBC. I know. But it still says NBC. (laughs) It's true. And... He's got the angle. Yeah. He's got the angle. I'm going to tell you something, too. Uh, there was a better clip, and I put this one in here just because I knew how much you'd love to see oh, Bry Oh, Bry <laughs> yeah. He's looking good. Commander uh, and a senior naval analyst at the Institute for the Study of War. Uh, Commander, can you hear me? 
Yeah, I've got you loud and clear. Thanks for having me. Uh, so this is four hours for the State of the Union. I'll tell you, this is like a bad trip down memory lane for me because I spent a lot of time in the Persian Gulf flying in and around Farsi Island, and I have a tremendous amount of sympathy for these sailors who just simply got lost there. On a number of occasions, I nearly violated Iranian airspace myself and would have had I not had external assistance, both uh, airborne radar aircraft and ships with their radar systems keeping me clear. The tolerances for navigation in the Persian Gulf are so small because there's so many vessels packed so close together, so many aircraft packed so close together, and quite frankly, because the water space itself is so constrained. This isn't like the Pacific Ocean or the Atlantic Ocean or even the Gulf of Mexico. It's a tightly constrained water space, tightly constrained airspace, and navigational incidents are fairly common. So, so CNN went full freak-out mode. I have a great article from The Intercept in the show notes. They were really just about calling for war. Uh, and, you know, of course, it's before the State of the Union, before the State of the Union. And then uh, a couple hours pass. It becomes Iranian morning, and there's no hostages released. Oh, my gosh, this is a horrible situation. It might be a rogue army. Well, then, by the time we wake up on the East Coast, everything's fine. We're following breaking news from Iran. The Pentagon confirms 10 United States Navy personnel are free after being held by Iran's Revolutionary Guard. Iranian State TV shows the nine men and one woman detained overnight on an Iranian base in the Persian Gulf. The American sailors had drifted into Iranian waters en route from Kuwait to Bahrain because of mechanical problems. They were taken to Iran's Farsi island. David Martin is at the Pentagon. David, good morning. Good morning. The 10 sailors were picked up and flown by helicopter to a U.S. military base where they will be debriefed to get their account of what happened. The Pentagon says there are no indications they were harmed during their time in Iranian hands. Two small Navy boats, similar to the ones here, were en route from Kuwait to Bahrain when U.S. officials say they suffered a mechanical breakdown. The boats drifted into Iranian waters, and 10 U.S. sailors were taken into custody and held overnight at an Iranian base on the island of Farsi. Speaking on state TV, the naval chief for the Iranian Revolutionary Guard said the American vessels were engaged in unprofessional acts before being picked up, and the sailors were taken into custody without much resistance. Some of the only people in America were Any mention work. of the detainment was the left out of President Obama's State of the Union address as U.S. officials worked to confirm the status of the crew. On Tuesday, Secretary of State John Kerry spoke directly with his Iranian counterpart and was personally assured the sailors would be well treated. We've received assurances from the Iranians, both that our, uh, our sailors are safe, uh, and we've also most, most importantly received assurances that they will be uh, allowed to continue their journey uh, promptly. The sailors were on board Navy Riverine command boats, which do not normally carry sensitive equipment. The incident comes two weeks after Iranian Revolutionary Guard ships fired off rockets within a mile of the American aircraft carrier Harry S. Truman as it entered the Persian Gulf. The rockets were aimed away from the ship, but the incident drew a strong protest from the U.S. The Navy will now conduct an investigation, but the U.S. seems intent on getting this incident behind them as quickly as possible. Defense Secretary Carter released a statement saying, we appreciate the timely way in which this situation was resolved. Gail? All right. Thank you, David. No, my name's Chris. Uh, yes, yeah, so there you go. <laughs> Problem solved. And uh, it was pretty much wrapped up, but it got it was really pretty intense right before the State of the Union because all the uh, mainstream media was on already like on on the air covering the State right. of the Union pre-show. So so they mechanical nothing, failure. 
Yeah, I've heard navigation mistake. I've I've read a couple of different things. I've also read that they were screwing around. Uh, yeah, who, who you know? I mean, it's, well, so so the uh, the the Iranian official talking about unprofessional behavior, screwing around. That means yeah. they were partying on a boat. Yeah, maybe. Now, if you notice in that picture, they had uh, silhouettes. Yeah. Of the soldiers. Yeah. One of the silhouettes was female. Yeah. So I'm just wondering. I mean, uh-huh. nine guys, one female. Maybe there was a party going on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, if I asked you, think about this question. The I'm largest thinking. threats to, to world peace right now. Oh. If you ask a random American about the biggest threats to the world peace, you'd probably hear ISIS, Iran, North Korea, or maybe even Russia. At least the mainstream media makes sure of that. We interviewed member of Virginia State Senate, Richard Black, who knows a lot about war having served in Vietnam, and he would disagree. So, uh, Richard Black, senator here, uh, asking him and you know about it. So, I was going to ask you. I just thought, uh, let's ask you, Chase. Uh, Chase, what yes, is the biggest threat facing world peace, and in specific, the United States of America? Oh, the biggest threat, easy. Uh, you know, our ever increasing debt. Oh, okay, all right, good, good answer. Yeah, good yeah. Answer, I mean, answer. totally. I mean, sure. we. I mean, look at that debt clock. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. that's an that's economy the worst. built on derivatives. Things yeah, like it's, that. that's awful. What? Yeah. A, okay, now if you're going to zoom out, Chase, I'm going to zoom, zoom out. out. I'm going to zoom out. Big okay. picture. Okay, what's the biggest threat to world peace? Well, I don't believe this. But uh, got to be climate change, right? I mean, you got oh, the planet. Call. The planet, yeah. you know, is in peril. Climate change. You know what? Let's pull the. I'm gonna pull the lever because I'm gonna tell you right now before I run it. It's it's not climate change. Oh, that's a good call though. It's you. I, you want you want to go for number two? Uh, ISIS. ISIS is a good. You know, that would be the good scare call. No, yeah. he's got the actual answer. He has the actual the answer. real answer. Yeah, he has wow. the real let's, answer. Let's hear the real answer. Uh, I believe that Saudi Arabia and Turkey are the two greatest dangers to world peace. It is Saudi Arabia through the Wahhabist doctrine that is spreading terrorism across the globe. It's not Iran. It's not Syria. It's not any other country. It emanates from Saudi Arabia. Now, Turkey, on the other hand, uh, being led by President Erdogan, President Erdogan has a dream of becoming the new Ottoman Empire. Uh, he wants to be the head of the Ottoman Empire. Uh, he is a very calculating, very vicious individual, um, and I think a great danger. Erdogan won an absolute majority of the Turkish parliament, which will enable him to uh, rewrite the Constitution. So, in short, he's trying to make constitutional changes be- to, to make his position way more powerful, to make him, uh, like, a, as he put it, a chief executive like other successful countries. Right. Once he had that total power to impose an absolute dictatorship, which he intends to do, and he has publicly said that uh, his model is Adolf Hitler. Yeah, he actually did say that. He said his model, you know, the next day wow. his spokesperson put out a, a correction saying, well, he didn't mean that he wanted to be like Hitler. He just meant that Hitler ran the government pretty good. Oh, he, he envisions a government where his powers will be similar to those exercised by Adolf Hitler. And the one place where both Saudi Arabia and Turkey are exposed the best is Syria, according to Senator Black. He believes that if not for two, the Syrian war would have never happened in the first place. Virtually all arms, ammunition, 
equipment, supplies, jihadist, medical support, all of it comes from Turkey. Right now, ISIS uh, sends 44,000 barrels of oil a day, stolen barrels, most of it from, from Syria. They send it across the border into Turkey. Now, the State Department has publicly said that uh, there's only a trickle of oil that gets into Turkey. But I have personally spoken to, to Turkish, uh, to, uh, to Kurdish uh, activists. The Kurdish activists have told me that they have personally observed hundreds of ISIS oil tankers carrying stolen so uh, Syrian oil across the border into Turkey on a daily basis. So there you go. And that's a U.S. senator. Now, what I love about it is Russia today is just going after Turkey ever since they shot down that uh, that jet. Hello there. That's wow, a nice that's, one. that's a little loud. I, I, I put like this on one. mute. I don't know why I like that through. one. Hey, that's, you know what? That, that's us telling us before we get into whole uh, Turkey and Russia and Syria stuff, we should take a moment here and thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash unfiltered. Yeah, buddy. 418 of you. And, you know, we've started collecting. We keep clo uh, we keep reaching 420 and then sort of creeping back. I'm reaching 420. We're getting close. We're, we're, reaching, back. we're getting close. Yeah, so we'd like to do. We've been starting to collect long form clips that we can break down into a uh, cannabis special episode. That you guys seem to think was a good idea. We don't have to do it, but it seems to be something the patrons are interested in. Yeah. So uh, if you want to help us, that would be something we do in the meantime. Patreon.com slash unfilter. We have uh, some other milestones that are coming up around the corner. And uh, now that we're at this point in the show where we got uh, Chase and I and producer Matt, and uh, the show is uh, a lot different than when we first launched, launched the Patreon. A lot has changed. So we're gonna have uh, we're probably gonna have to have a little uh, meeting of the minds and reform and, some of our and go through there and, goals. and discuss some of that stuff and get get real get, get real get legitimate yeah well, <laughs> I was trying to remember what was the real world uh, saying when you put when you put people in one house things get real uh, I don't know I don't know, I don't know where all I was your going eggs in one basket I, don't know, I, don't I have know where no idea are you okay no I'm not. <laughs> hey, remember there was something? Oh, yeah. So one of the things that is really kind of important to us is having this show be funded by our audience. That way you know where our loyalties lie. Right. The things, we're, yeah. the things we're talking about here on this show, it's really, if you think about it, extremely important you understand where our loyalties lie. And yeah. also, we don't really have an agenda. We can just sit here and tell you the way we see it, and we want to make those 418 people happy. That's really the only thing on the top of our minds. That's a really interesting way to approach a show, not how to make it click worthy now how do you make it like something that you could sponsor so as many people watch as possible it's something that you really kind of sit back and go well, what just is the best documentation of what changed history this week that those 418 people are going to care about yep that's right and you know you look at it, it all different forms of media can fail all different forms of media can be a complete disaster al jazeera america is shutting down yeah that's right man 500 Million dollars spent. Uh, they bought, remember, it was Al Gore's current TV. Mm -hmm. They launched Al Jazeera America. Actually, they poached some reporters from the Seattle area. I don't know if mm -hmm. you knew that. Mm -hmm. I mean, really launched something big. Uh, granted, they came out with some documentaries, some of them a little controversial. I mean, there was one that was just came out, I want to say, less than a month ago about Peyton Manning in sports and how they accused him of taking performance-enhancing drugs. Mm. And uh, I think it was like HGH or something like that. And now... End of April, they're shutting down. 
You know, I'd say this too. I would say because it was uh, about ratings, and they weren't getting. The I think numbers. they blew it with their online presence. They just blew the streaming stuff online in, in a modern age. They just blew it. And you know, we're here. It, we're here yeah. from the internet for the internet. Unfiltered.reddit.com is also where you can go to supply content. And when you become a, a patron over Patreon.com/slash/unfilter at two dollars, you get the supporter show. That's way more show. So you get a lot nice, a lot of nice things when you become a supporter. Like you get access to all the Patreon posts and things like that. But which are one of the really nice things that you get is the supporter show. It's got way more clips, more context, additional stuff we talk about, yep. sometimes just off-the-cuff conversations. That's right. Sometimes when my VLC goes crazy, all that stuff. Everything. Is, and then there's a post-show as well. That yep. Just sometimes we uh, throw some extra stuff in there. So you get the privilege of keeping us on the air, and you get the supporter show. When you kick in at $5 or more, you get the source code. You get access to all the clips, all the artwork assets, all that stuff. All And it goes all the way back. It's not it's like huge. just the last show. It's you, huge. you can go back and say, episode 124. It's a really, it is a, I'm very proud of that archive, and, and you guys help us distribute it. We, we help keep the people's record up there. So, patreon.com slash unfilter. Unfilter. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. All right, let's shift us. gears while we're talking about we we're talking about ISIS and all that kind of stuff and uh, Syria. Uh, there's not a lot really to report on this week other than the State Department is really finding itself in a hard position. So, uh, one of their greatest wins of 2015 was their success in Syria, they say. And so now people, the press is just kind of taking the gloves off. I have a couple long-form clips of uh, the uh, uh, Kirby, the state's person, Spokeshole, just yeah. talking in circles. And it's, it's classic stuff here, Chase. It's classic. Yeah. The AP writes it has obtained an internal timeline prepared for U.S. officials, which reportedly sets Assad's departure from power sometime in March of 2017. So the State Department's writing up documents that say us our goal is for Assad to be out in March of 2017. Right now, so this is a document that got leaked to the press. Is that the projection? No, the it's not. Um, uh, I'm aware of the AP story. Uh, I'm aware of the document. Uh, upon which it was based. Um, it was a preliminary pre-decisional document, a working level, staff level <laughs> Sorry, uh, I uh, document. You, you like that? <laughs> Wait, preliminary pre... What was the word? Pre-preliminary. Pre, 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 so, so it's a it's a pre-pre document. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that what it was? Yeah, yeah. The staff level. Preliminary pre-decisional document. <laughs> preliminary a pre-decisional document. At, at, at a staff level, Chase. Working level, staff wow. level uh, uh, document. Um, uh, that sort of uh, laid out um, uh, a potential way forward for the political process, but it's just that. It's preliminary, pre-decisional, uh, those kinds of papers, those, that kind of work is done here at the State Department all the time. You'd oh. expect it would be. Oh. oh, okay. What hasn't changed is the essential key milestones or, 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 or uh, mileposts in the process that the ISSG has agreed to, which is uh, six months after the beginning of negotiations with the Assad regime. Which so what he's saying here is, no, that paper was completely wrong, except for the things it says in it are completely right. I think this is what he's saying. Now, listen. <laughs> we, fully, we hope and expect will be beginning at the end of this month. So six months after that begins, uh, that you get to a process then of starting to which draft the Constitution. Which would be March. Um, and then that roughly is expected, again, targeted to take about a year, um, and then six months after that to get to elections. Right. That would be so much. So a lot of it depends on the math, when things start, and how they go. And, and all these are targets. Uh, I mean, nobody can today predict with perfect certainty and specificity 
what month of what year, okay. all these things are going to happen. So what these are we targets. can say yeah. is that our hope and expectation is that that entire 18-month process will start this month, at the end of this month. Which would make it March. Just just what to clarify, what is <laughs> So you just confirmed that. Yeah, look at Kirby. He's like, <laughs> shit, I did. Look at him. He's like, <laughs> I, love, I love Kirby's. Kirby's uh, okay. He jumps in. He's like, so, so you confirmed it. Our 18-month process will start this month, at the end of this month. Just just to it? clarify, what is Excuse <laughs> So you just confirmed it. Are your arms a little tired? The, the, the straw men you put up were, the, to knock down were great. Of course, this is a pre-decisional document because yeah. you're not the ones who are making the decisions. <laughs> this is, this God, the he's so good. Is accurate, I love this right? guy. I mean, it's not a I'm, not, I'm, not dis- I'm not disputing the validity does, does of the document, say, but it is it a working-level staff it, devil document. Yeah, well, okay. To say, to say it, with certainty. It, hold on. And I don't think the report said anything with certainty. It just said that this is the U- a U.S. view of it. Was the document prepared by someone who doesn't have a clue about what the U.N.-backed process is? Great and question. Have a Great clue? question. It was prepared of course by someone it wasn't. who knows what's going on, at least I would hope, because mm-hmm. it was prepared uh, as a guide for how things could progress in yep. the UN back process. Yep, exactly. But that is not for, necessarily not, the impression that the story leaves the reader, which is that no, the <laughs> Obama administration believes that you know there's no there's no you know March 17 is is it. No, it does. in fact the story doesn't say that. It says it for you just articulated it much better. This guy. The way I articulated it is exactly the way the story reads. <laughs> okay, ah, so, so good. All right, so is it, is it, <laughs> you guys got to realize something. You can feel the tension in there, right? You can feel it. I feel it. You feel it. You guys feel it. You oh, got to yeah. feel it. Oh, yeah. So, oh, so good. Let's go to another point. Uh, so now that we love Matt, our boy Matt, he's still going. He's so great at this kind of stuff. This clip's a little rough, but it is, uh, it is, it is really kind of – it's – the State Department speaks in these really weird generalities where they will say, like, we don't we don't recognize Assad or we don't recognize that Crimea has yeah. been uh, has been uh, uh, is annexed. under Russia's control right, has been yeah. annexed. We don't. Right, but yeah. but yet that is the reality. What do you yeah. mean you don't recognize? Right, that's, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the reality. So he asked him about he asked him about that uh, in the, in this next clip here. And the audio kicks in right here. And, and other governments as well is that we will not accept North Korea as a nuclear armed state. Oh, yeah. So North Korea comes up because, you know, now North Korea has been setting off a bomb. And now the response is, well, we don't recognize them as an armed state. Well, yeah, but they just set off a bomb. Um, And yet it is. You also say this about other things, too. You say you will never accept Crimea as a part of Russia. And yet it is. Is isn't it time to recognize these things for what they are and not live in this illusion or fantasy <laughs> where yeah. you pretend that things that are uh, we gotta go are not? Head out on this guy. The short this answer guy. is no. no. But I would challenge. It's preferable to live. No. In a I would challenge world. the this idea that it's a fantasy world. Just be just because. Uh, let me put it this way. It, it, you know, and it it. it at this level of foreign <sighs> policy, you know, you you have to make choices. You got it. So, okay, are you following? Okay, yeah. at this level of foreign policy, you got to make choices. Okay, that's pretty. This is complicated. So, I want to make sure you're following this. And uh, you don't have to accept <clears throat> everything. 
So at this level of foreign policy, you have to make choices, and you don't have to accept everything. You have to accept reality. Even at face value. No, you, it, it, we are not going to accept North Korea as a nuclear-armed state, um, and we're not going to recognize that. Um, we are, however, going to deal with the fact their that efforts, they are a their efforts at state. developing that program. Okay, just, just, you understand the, my confusion. I, I, don't, I think it's, a, it's illogical to say that you're not going to recognize them as a nuclear armed state when, in fact, they are, and you are operating in, in a way to make them not a nuclear armed state, something that you say there, they, you don't recognize. There is a difference between dealing with what we know they're developing and what we know they're doing and officially accepting or recognizing it. Okay. There's a big difference there. And you and you understand that better than most, Matt, about the difference well, there. I, I just think it's... Isn't that... Isn't, uh, it's a, wow. It's, a, it's like a, a mental dance that they have to go through. I mean, you know what else is a mental dance? Mm. Freaking 2016. The election is actually finally heating up. In three yep. weeks, you're going to have the one of the first actual important votes. That's right. Primaries. And you know, Hill Dog's got some controversies that are brewing in the background. That's right. The FBI investigation is actually expanding. Oh, so the FBI expanding its investigation of Hillary Clinton, in addition to focusing on classified information found on her private email server, agents are now looking into whether she violated public corruption laws. Our chief intelligence correspondent, Catherine Herridge, is live in Washington with more on this story. Catherine? Wait, 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 wait. Does she have any props? No, I don't think so. Oh. I know. I watched the whole And she's so good at it. I know. I mean, she's... Bam! You know what, though? It makes it when she does have one more special. It really does make it more special. Yeah, investigate. And you know what's sad too? What? It's like I'm thinking about that. I know. That's sad. I know. I, <laughs> I do it too. I'm sad. I watch for it. ...into Hillary Clinton's exclusive use of private email as Secretary of State now has two tracks with one focused on the classified material found on her personal server and the other on whether the co-mingling of Clinton Foundation work and State Department business potentially violated public corruption laws. So it's about the foundation. Oh. It's about the foundation. Oh, we talked about this. Uh -huh. That's right. And so there, it was there some influence from the foundation. Now, I got a red book for you. Oh. No, they're not going to find anything. Hill dogs. Shocked. The Clintons, man. I don't think you have to red book that. They're not new, dude. They're no. not new. They know what's up. But it is interesting they're looking into this at all. Fox News is told that agents are investigating the possible intersection of donations to the Clinton Foundation, the dispensation of State Department contracts, and whether regular processes were followed, according to one of three sources who spoke to Fox News on the condition of anonymity. Fox News was also told that FBI Leaks? agents will be, quote, screaming if a prosecution is not pursued because many previous public corruption cases have been made and successfully prosecuted with much less evidence than what is apparently <laughs> emerging in this investigation. Ooh. With the latest State Department email dump last week, the number of classified emails identified on Mrs. Clinton's private account has risen to at least 1,340. Though on Sunday she dismissed the number and allegations, she directed a subordinate to send sensitive material to her home account. And in fact, as the State Department has said, there was no transmission of any classified uh, information. So it's another effort by um, people looking for something to uh, throw against the wall, as you said in the beginning of the program, to see what sticks. But there's no there there. 
But a recent appeal by the State Department to challenge the top secret classification of at least two emails found on her server, as we were first to report, is now considered a settled matter, with national security experts concluding that there is here a growing body of evidence. The cumulative effect, more and more and more of these messages that turn out to be classified, it's going to put more pressure on the prosecutors to... This is the national defense attorney, Ed something. ...to make a decision as to what they're going to do, because it looks very serious, this many messages. Fox News is also told that some 100 FBI special agents assigned to the investigation... 100 agents, and this is why we're not going to hear much about this particular investigation, I suspect. ...were asked to sign non-disclosure agreements... Oh. oh! ...with as many as 50 additional agents on TDY, that's the acronym for Temporary Duty Assignment. This request to sign a new NDA could reflect that agents are handling the highly classified material in the emails. A reminder not to leak about the case... Or both, Gemma. Yeah. Interesting. Catherine, thank you. I mean, You're she's welcome. working off stuff that people have leaked to her already anyways. <laughs> so so I, 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 I maintain and I... And I think I... I, I think I wrote it down about the emails. It's, this is not going to go away. This is going to come up during a debate process if she does get the nomination. Yeah. Here's you know? what I, I maintain... That I, I don't know if I'm right. I'm, I'm actually feeling less solid about this as, as we are now. You thought in, she was a lock. You still think she's a lock. Dude, she's, well, we'll get to that. I'll get to that. Uh, I want to talk about, just for a second, okay. just because I, I want to okay. cash in on something right. I think is happening. All right. Because we've been talking about the Red Book, so I just want to yes. cross this off from the Red Book. Right, okay. My, my, my stance on Trump has been, He's gonna. He is the. He is the pre-show game. It's big game, biggest game we've ever seen. There is an honest movement there to see that they want that. That that straight talking, uh, anti-establishment guy. No guys. But you know he's only he's only going to be able to get so far with that. Yeah. Then uh, the establishment is going to realize. Oh well, we need to start doing straight talking. Did you see the Republican response to the State of the Union? Yes, I did. She was trying that straight talking. Let me talk right at you. I admit we made some mistakes. Yeah. They're starting to apply that Trump style even to the establishment speakers, and I think once that starts to happen, the allure to Trump begins to fade, and I think public opinion will start to fade on uh, turn on Trump. So this is Trump uh, at a speech, uh, I think yesterday or the day before. I can't remember now because I, I saw this a couple days ago, I think. Anyways, it's him giving a speech and watch how he reacts. Tell some jokes. So very important is very important. I think uh you think it was a plant? I know. I I maybe think, but okay. I think I think a big part of what makes Donald Trump popular right now is the media and I think it's starting to in amongst general people it's starting to fade. I think he's starting to lose some of the shine and I think the GOP GOP race is going to start looking a little bit different soon. On the Republican side, our national poll finds Donald Trump leading his closest rival Ted Cruz nearly 2 to 1. It's a bit I mean he's got a good lead still. So I mean this is I'm looking way out. But So but here's the thing. He's not going to get the nomination. The Republican Party is pretty much, even though they've signed this whatever promise, promissory note, whatever you want to call it, he's not going to get the yeah. nomination. We'll see. 
He won't. There's Marco no way. Rubio is the no only way. other candidate in double digits. Here's Major Garrett. Did he not get the memo, live free or die? Ted Cruz, deadlocked with Donald Trump for first in Iowa, returned to New Hampshire for the first time in two months and again tried to dispel Trump-planted questions about his birth in Canada and legal status for the White House. The legal question is quite straightforward. Trump's been pretty successful at getting this going, and there's been a lot of discussion on the news networks about this. Which is that the children of U.S. citizens born abroad are natural-born citizens, are citizens by birth. But one of Cruz's law professors at Harvard, Democrat Lawrence Tribe, wrote the constitutional definition of a natural-born citizen is completely unsettled. John McCain confronted similar questions as the GOP nominee in 2008. McCain was born on a U.S. military base in Panama. I am very confident that Ted Cruz is uh, legitimately qualified to run for president, but it needs it needs to be looked into. What do you think Trump, and to a lesser extent Ted Cruz, have tapped into within the Republican conversation? Anger, frustration. Does Donald Trump, to your way of thinking, represent the party of Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan? I, I think he wants to. I disagree with him on a number of the statements and positions that he has taken, obviously. But uh, if that's the verdict of the, um, of the Republican Party and the majority of Americans, then I will do everything I can to help that president. Are you surprised by that? He's saying that if Trump wins, he'd, he'd, he must know that Trump's not going to get it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking... Yeah, you, you put out the good face, you put out the good show. Because you know you're not going to have to... Dis- exactly, you're not going to McCain supported Lindsey Graham and told us now is not the time to endorse any other Republican. Scott McCain said he will endorse the party's nominee, no matter who it is, because party loyalty will not allow him to walk away. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. I, think, I think our take is better. I, it's a little conspiracy bacon, just a touch of it. Uh, so you were asking about Bernie and Hill Dogs. In just a short while, we will hear the final State of the Union address from the 44th president. But first, the battle to become the 45th. A new CBS News New York Times poll out moments ago shows the Democratic race tightening. Have a look. Last month, Hillary Clinton had a 20-point lead nationally over Bernie Sanders. Tonight, Sanders has cut Clinton's lead to seven. I'm actually kind of impressed. Which is actually pretty much within the margin of error. I'm kind of impressed. Uh, I honestly am kind of impressed. And I'm wondering, is it because, is the headwind that she is a Clinton, is that headwind stronger than maybe we've given it credit? Yeah. Because when I first heard that it was going to be Jeb and Hillary running, I was like, no way, no way is it going to be Clinton? I, I don't want another Clinton. I mean... It's not It's not that I have some huge issue with Bill Clinton. Wait, it's wait, that- Chris, are you saying that you don't want a woman in the White House? I, I mean, everybody believes that it's time for a woman. I just, you I are want, anti-woman. I want hope and change. That's what I want. I want, no, I want, I want actual difference. Uh, of course, who knows? Sanders gets in there. They'll show him the uh, Sapruder film from a new angle, and all of a sudden the, the deal's over anyways. The senator from Vermont talked to our Nancy Cordes. I think so. For Senator Sanders, every poll that came out today was better than the last. A New Hampshire poll showed him widening his lead over Clinton 53 to 39. An Iowa poll showed him pulling ahead of Hmm. her there by five points, a 16-point swing in one month. Do you now consider yourself the front runner, at least in those two states? I'm feeling better and better uh, that we can win both states. You know, when we began in Iowa, I think the first poll had us at 
2%, 2%. His reversal of fortune forced Clinton to step up her attacks in Ames, to Iowa attack. today, yeah. where she called his Medicare for All plan impractical, even risky. Uh, if, if that's the kind of revolution he's talking about, I am worried, folks. Her daughter Chelsea carried the message to New Hampshire. Oh my, wait, wait, can you pause here? What is this, this lighting and this look? It's like, it almost looks like she's doing a commercial. Doesn't it look? I mean, yeah. I'm looking at this it from a production like, it, it standpoint. It looks like they're shooting it for a future montage mashup of like uh, clips or something. I mean, really, like, look at this. Yeah. It just looks very weird to me. Sanders wants to dismantle Obamacare. It is an indication that uh, the Clinton campaign is getting very, very nervous. Even if you win in Iowa and in New Hampshire, how do you compete in South Carolina, in Florida, states where Hillary Clinton has a huge organization and a huge head start in the polls? Gee, Nancy, that's the, that's the question that was asked to me eight and a half months ago about Iowa and New Hampshire. Well, things have changed. Things will change in Nevada. Things will change in South Carolina. But they're going to have to change not in eight and a half months. They're going to have to change in a few weeks. Well, we have pretty good ground organizations as well. Yeah, we'll see about that. Uh, we'll see about that. So what, was there anything else you want to touch on on the Hillary Bernie thing? Do we touch no, on it? No, I, it's going to be a very interesting race to watch. Uh-huh. I mean, obviously, I think the meat. The, the interesting thing about this is the... Oh, sorry. I unplugged your, <laughs> I unplugged your headphones. Go ahead. Uh, the interesting thing about this is the fact that the media feels like they are starting to turn a little bit instead of being all 100% pro-Hillary, yeah. they're starting to maybe hedge a little bit a bet on Bernie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if they completely burn Bernie, no <laughs> pun intended. They're going to really feel the burn later then. Yeah. Oh. No, but they would. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to realize that. Yeah. I mean, it was just today uh, that uh, Bernie Sanders, his, his team put out a picture that Hillary signed saying – and this is when she was trying to push through her health care mm-hmm. thing back when Bill was president. Like, you right. Know, right. And, and she was like, hey, Bern, thanks for being there for me. Thanks for fighting the good fight, you know, kind of a thing. You know? <laughs> Thanking him for his – that's yeah, funny. I was like, come on. Uh, all right. So we've been dancing around it all episode. It's time to uh, just burn through a few of the State of the Union clips. Let's start with Chase's favorite moment. Yeah. Where Obama brags about the size of the military's dick. Woo-hoo! Let me tell you something. The United States of America is the most powerful nation on earth. There you go. That's true. Period. It's not even close. Whoa! It's not even close. You got a zipper sound? Zip. (laughs) There's a need for a rescue mission. When the world is threatened, it's not even close. The world needs help. We spend more on our military than the next eight nations combined. Our troops are the finest wait, fighting force wait, wait, in the Chris, history of... Did you hear that? Yeah, we spend more than the next eight countries combined. The one clap guy, yeah. Yeah! Terry, than the next eight nations combined. Yeah, yeah good yeah, for us. Yeah, spend the money. Yeah. 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 Our troops are the finest fighting force in the history of the world. All right, well, yeah. Uh, got you see that, soldier? She, she yep. like, well, yeah, that's yeah, right. Got to yeah. stand for that one. <laughs> got to stand for that one. See, I didn't see that. See, I was listening. Yeah, this is, this is unfortunately, this is when the White House feed got a little crappy. Uh, you know, there's not a, that, that particular clip got, didn't really, there's not any real uh, great clips of that online, but uh, we have it there. Uh, then, of course, several times Obama bragged about killing people, but this one stood out to me. If you doubt America's commitment, 
Okay, so uh, let's keep. Uh, by the way, keep eyes on uh, uh, Biden and uh, Paul Ryan. We're, right. uh, we're going to comment on Ryan after this one. Come on, to see the justice is done. Just ask Osama bin Laden. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Ask <laughs> Biden, soft yes. Ask the leader of Al Qaeda in Yemen, who was taken out. You know that guy. Last year, whoever he is, or the perpetrator of the Benghazi attacks, who sits in a prison cell, rotting. When you come after Americans, we go after you. That's right. And it may take time, but we have long memories, and our reach has no limits. So what I hear him saying right there is uh, we don't follow the laws, and international laws and borders don't apply to us because we have no limits. But we have long memories, and our reach has no limits. As in we'll go to any country to yeah, get we'll you? Yeah, we'll do whatever you want to do. We'll go wherever we want right. to go yep, to get yep, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Judges holding restraint. So you know, Paul Ryan, I got to give him credit. Uh, he seems pretty um, cognizant. Yeah. You know, when you watch these things, you notice that a lot of these uh, individuals seem like they're a little glazed over. They're not really actually connected he's, he's with what's going on. He's, he's listening. He's listening. He's watching Obama. I think he picked a point on the back of Obama's head, and he said, "I'm watching this all night long," <laughs> and that's just what he did. Uh, and every now and then, him and him and uh, Joe uh, had passed back and see. So you might not know this because you weren't watching the video. Yeah. But they every now and then would go like. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, when uh, when uh, like, I, I like what he did there. When uh, when Obama announces uh, the immune shot for cancer, he says, uh, "And Joe's going to be in charge of mission control." Joe goes over to Ryan and says, "I didn't know that." Like, he really? Like, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> but of course, he knew that. He yeah. knew that, of course. But yeah, he just was. Yeah, so they were they were all palling around up there on stage during it. Uh, so I thought those were kind of interesting. Yeah. Kind of. There we have a, a two-minute cut down uh, in the uh, supporter sync if you guys want to watch it. Yeah, if you want to get the, the Cliff Notes version. Yeah. But I, I did I – did, I actually thought it was his best one overall. But they're all the same, really. <laughs> they, and I like that he kind of justified having Any, to say the State of the Union is yeah, strong. at the end. He, yeah. He, he kind of worked like, it in. Is he going to say it? Is he going to yeah. say it? I mean, you know, Vegas was crapping in their pants. He always says it. Well, yeah, you, know, but you don't have to. You don't have to, and it hasn't been said every single time. Not every single time, right? Almost, and, yeah, almost. And so it's one of those bets that's a pretty safe bet in Vegas. So you yeah. know those people that were putting a lot of money. Oh man, they're like, here's, here's oh no. What, here's what though is I knew it was coming because the uh, they they published the uh, speech right as before. It well, starts. no, they, well they uh, well they put excerpts up the speech. Uh, did they put the whole speech? I out? thought so. Yeah, I thought oh. MSNBC tweeted the whole yeah. speech. But fair enough. Like, I mean, yeah. if I was in Vegas and betting money, yeah. I would be worried. So uh, the market's been a little crazy and then we're going to get into oil bad news the dow is just it's just being evil today we're less than an hour away obviously from the close on wall street and another rough day for our 401ks take a live look at the big board uh, down on the corner of wall and broad and you can see we're off 380 points on the session 2.25 percent at the beginning of the day that was sort of the thinking the dow futures at about six o'clock this morning eastern time were off 2.2 2.3 percent because you know what happened today in china right the big Chinese stock market, they traded for 14 minutes. It was down 5%. That's when their curbs go in. So they shut down the market for 15 minutes. And lo and behold, they brought the market back, and it plunged another 2% oh. in a millisecond. So millisecond. they traded for 29 minutes today and shut the whole wow. the whole Chinese stock market down. And you know what happens now. It's like us in Italy. We in Italy used to be. China sneezes, and the United States catches a cold. So our market is going a little crazy, uh, and then also the price of energy is going crazy. In fact, it's dro- it's dropped below uh, 
30 bucks a barrel for the first time in 12 years. Oil briefly dropping below $30 a barrel Tuesday, the first time it's crossed that threshold in more than 12 years. And now some are predicting prices will drop much lower. Reuters Energy Markets editor Jessica Resnick-Alt. At this point, some technical analysts say the charts indicate that crude could fall to $25 a barrel. Which would be amazing, right? But some are saying way further. Whereas some other analysts with banks have seen that crude could go as low as just $10 a barrel. $10 a barrel. Wow. That's going to F some crap up big time. That's going to upset some major economies. That's going to hurt Russia super bad. You got to figure it's going to affect us too. Yeah. Funds won't stop selling until they have liquidated those positions. Man, this is a good time for me to get a new RV. I'm telling you what, the gas prices are never going to be better. Diesel's cheaper. Energy prices have collapsed in the last year and a half as an economic slowdown in China put a cap on demand at the same time oil producers pumped inventories to near record levels. Crude tried to stage a mild rally early on Tuesday after comments from Nigeria's oil minister that some OPEC members wanted an emergency meeting to deal with the price dive. But even those gains were wiped away as traders refocused on the supply glut. OPEC countries have been working to keep supply high so that they will be able to maintain market share. They don't want to give up contracts that have been in place. So even though there's too much supply... They have to keep pumping. They're keeping up. They're keeping up. They're keeping it up. They're keeping it up. Uh, with various consumers. It's true that the government data has indicated that production is going to cut back in the U.S. this year. But at the same time, some oil companies like Pioneer Natural Resources have said that they're actually going to increase production this year. So amid those mixed signals, I think traders are erring on the side of caution and expecting that prices are going to continue to fall. So far in 2016, not even two weeks old, oil prices are down more than 18 percent. 18 percent in 2016 so far. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really something road to watch. Road trip. That. Yeah, I'm going on a road trip. I'm going to California. Yeah, buddy. Going to California. In fact, that's why we won't have a show next week. There won't be a uh, unfilter next week because I'll be on the road. Yeah. Uh, driving to the scale. In fact, I'm leaving uh, if all goes as planned Saturday, uh, on and uh, getting down in California probably the 20th or so. Going to wow. take Highway 101, nice and slow. Yeah. Maybe stop by the Computer History Museum if I can. Depends if they're open. You or not. know what, Chris? I think on your way south, you should stop by, uh, you know, Papa Bear. Yeah. Go see Grandpa Leo. Grandpa Leo. Grandpa Leo over at the Twit Cottage, and uh, you know, before just, they move out. See, hey Leo, what do you think about Linux? It's for people who like to mess with computers. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Leo. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were going to play his F one. No, no, no. All right. So uh, it is appropriate from time to time to end the unfiltered show on a high note. Yes. And ever we can, we like to give you a local flair because Washington State is one of the first states in the union. What do you mean one of the first? It was the first. No, I mean Colorado kind of beat us to no, it. No, no, we're first. Legally on the books, yes, but in terms of actual implementation. I know, but we were legally first. Okay. Yeah, it's like comment on a YouTube You know what? First. You know what? You're right. We're first. Washington State was the first state of the union to legalize cannabis for recreational use. Yes. So we like to check in from time to time to see how that implementation is going. How are those growing pains? How's it going? Any stretch marks? Pot shops are coming to more areas of Seattle. New at 5 Cairo 7's Graham Johnson is live at City Hall with a decision made just a little more than an hour ago. Graham? 
Monique, the city council voted to slash the buffer zones that separate legal pot shops from places like playgrounds or rather from uh, child care centers and parks. Now, they used to be about a thousand feet, those buffers. Now they will be as small as 250 feet. Cannabis City is the first legal pot shop to open in Seattle. It's in a pretty industrial area of Soto. We're a block away from the dump. We're here because of this crazy zoning. The cluster of weed shops is clear to anyone traveling First Avenue South. Have you ever seen this? I've never seen it, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I've, I've driven by, but it, it's one of those things where... It's a cluster of pot shops? It is, because <laughs> the, the, re, the requirements in the city of Seattle is just ridiculous. They're right. And owner James Lathrop says more are moving in. That'll be seven pot shops in the area of Seattle where no one lives. There's zero walkability. 100% of our customers have to drive to us. It's completely ridiculous. When voters approved recreational marijuana in 2012, the state law required a thousand foot buffer between pot businesses and places like parks and libraries. This map shows how many parts of Seattle were <laughs> off limits. Last year, <laughs> That's the legis- a great map. Yeah, why is that? I mean, it's pretty much all Seattle. All Seattle. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Slater changed the law, allowing cities to reduce buffer zones to as little as 100 feet, except around playgrounds and schools. Let's get something into Belltown. Today, Seattle City Council approved much smaller buffer zones. For producers and processors, it will be 250 feet. For retailers, the new buffer will be 250 feet downtown and 500 feet elsewhere in the city. No more than two pot businesses can be within a thousand feet of each other. So what do you think, Chase? What are your thoughts? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a little pissed off that you use a, a clip from a competitor, but that's okay. Hey, you uh, know what? If, if, you guys do, if you guys do a story on it, I'll run it. Yeah, I'll find a clip. Uh, but no, you I'll, guys don't do a lot of stories on the, uh, we, on the, on the, we're on well, the El Canabe anymore. No, because we're, we're more concentrating, concentrating on Bertha, you know. Uh, <laughs> big Bertha. But no, um, I got to say... Wow, Seattle's actually thinking smartly on this. I mean, that map, if you're watching the video, it, pretty much the whole city of Seattle's in yellow, and that's the, pretty much the whole buffer zone. So, yeah, this is a smart thing. The, the next thing I think the state needs to do, though, however, is they need to get rid of this bogus, you know, cities uh, can choose the opt-out requirement. Uh, you have a number of cities in the metro area that say, you know, we're going to have a moratorium, we're going to make it permanent, you can't open up anywhere in our city limits, um, and then it just drives people away. And like they're thinking, oh, well, we're, we're doing this because we know we don't believe in it, yet the majority of their citizens voted for the initiative. You know, it's very confusing. And it's one of those things it's like, come on, you guys make it. If it passes the initiative, it should be just legal everywhere to buy it. Hmm. They should a uh, city shouldn't be able to shut it out. Yeah. All right, Chase. This uh, sort of reflects uh, the uh, transition that uh, alcohol slowly made after it was legalized. It yeah. wasn't just prohibition. Yeah. After yeah. prohibition ended, it wasn't just everywhere. And it's going to be one of those things, interestingly, to keep an eye on during the campaign trail because oh, you yeah. know it will come up during so far, debates. The only one I'm really hearing talk about it is Rand. Well, and he's not really getting much. It will come up during major things. Yeah, it I will. suppose. I suppose it just might. Chase. Hey, it you will. know what else comes up? The Unfiltered Show every week, usually, unless we take a week off for travel. That's right. right. You're going to take the rover down to California. Woo! unfiltered.reddit.com to submit content throughout the week. I submitted content. You did? I submitted a thread. I wanted to know where people found our show, how they found us. A lot of them found uh-huh. us through Lass and Unfilter. Some nice. people found us through YouTube. I was just curious. You know, we've she, picked up a lot of new people. That's nice. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to go. Let's go away. Patreon.com slash unfilter if you want to support us and you get so much extra content when you sign up. It's really awesome. Now, now Chris, I have a question for you. Sure. 
during your trip down to California, no doubt you're going to be maybe, I don't know, tweeting and sharing your, your journey, if you, you will. You nailed it, Chase, at Chris LAS. That's my personal one, at Jupiter Signal, if you want to meet up. Boom. Meetup.com slash Jupiter Broadcasting. Last Wag is available to help support the Ooh, trip. Last Wag. Four days left, teespring.com slash last 400. Hoodies, Four, that 400, that's amazing. That's awesome. Man. I know. We're Congrats. doing a 400th episode soon. That's so, awesome. So uh, very much so, we would love to have you go over to teespring.com slash last 400. Chase, what about you if I want to follow you online? You can follow me. Uh, just hit up my Twitter, at Nunes. It's spelled N-U-N-E-S. And I also do some podcasting over there at geekgamer.tv. We do a Minecraft show, gaming show, and uh, floating around a couple of other show ideas. Oh, yeah. very good, sir. Very, yes. very good. Uh, you know, also, we should probably mention you can traditionally watch us live. That's a thing you could it's do. It's awesome! JBLive.tv. We do it on a Wednesday. Go to jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. We have a hell of a pre-show. Yes. Hell of a pre-show. Huge pre-show. Show up live, hang out with us, comment in the chat room as we go. It's it's a really quite a great experience. Yes, you guys, thank so you. Myself. And by the way, thanks to all you Patreons on there. Yes. Patreon.com slash unfilter. Support us there. But we hey, you guys have that. a great week next week. We won't yeah. see you. No. We'll see you right back here in two weeks. weeks.